Good evening, friends. This is Turkessa Lee. I am the creator of Couture Soul Talk, and um, tonight is season one, episode two. Um, I want to just first say thank you to everybody who felt it not robbery to share the links on their um, social media pages, to listen in, the phone calls, the text, um, to keep me encouraged and tell me that you guys really liked it. Um, tonight is going to be nothing less than wonderful. I'm super, super excited. Um, I have one of my good, good, good girlfriends from um, middle school and high school, um, Nisi Parks, tonight. Um, tonight, we're going to talk about um, Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month. And we're going to talk about um, one of the concepts from that called Rainbow Babies. And um, we're going to just have some real open and honest, authentic conversation um, for you all to listen to. And hopefully uh, people will be healed. People will feel less alone. Hopefully you'll laugh, you'll cry, um, whatever it is you need to, to move to the next phase and grow from us sharing the experiences here. First, I want to start with um, a post I saw from Chrissy Teigen, um, who recently um, lost her baby. Um, it says, we are shocked and in kind of a deep pain that you only hear about, the kind of pain we've never felt before. We were never able to stop the bleeding and give our baby the fluids he needed despite the bags and bags of blood transfusions. It just wasn't enough. We never decided on our baby's names until the last possible moment after they're born just before we leave the hospital, her statement said. But we, for some reason, have started to call this little guy in my belly Jack. So he will always be Jack to us. Jack worked so hard to be a part of our little family, and he will be forever. She goes on to say, to our Jack, I'm so sorry that the first few moments of your life were met with so many complications that we couldn't give you the home you needed to survive. We will always love you, the statement said. Um, in a separate tweet, Tegan wrote, Driving home from the hospital with no baby, how can this be real? Um, I just want to take the time to say thank you, Nisi, for trusting me enough with your story um, to share, um, for allowing a place where I know like it's a very vulnerable place for you mm -hmm. and trusting <clears throat> that I'm not going to do anything with that to hurt you or to cause you any um, further pain. I truly appreciate you. Um, you've always been a person that I've admired. Um, we were laughing earlier and I, I was saying to Nisi, she probably should have been my best friend in school, um, but things just didn't turn out that way. However, I'm super grateful for our adult relationship. Yes. Um, it's much evolved. It's very mature. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's very mature. And um, I guess all things in God's time. And this is just a good time for us to develop, you know, our relationship. Um, so I'm going to give you the floor. Um, October is Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month. Um, I was laying in the bed so excited. I was on a high after my first episode. And it's funny because only like a hundred and something people played. Only a hundred and something plays. But for me, it felt like it felt like millions. Right. It felt yes, like it millions. Should. So I was like, yes, I am the light-skinned fat <laughs> Oprah. Yes. And you get a car and you get a car. And That's I was just, funny. I was on such a high from my first episode. And I said, how do I top that? How do I top that feeling? Um, and God said, I need you to put Nisi on. Hmm. 
And it's weird because God be talking all the time, but I be talking mm-hmm. too, so I'll never hear yes, what he talking girl. about. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I be always talking when God talking, but in this particular moment, I was quiet. And um, he told me to ask you and another person, but something also said, don't ask the other person until you ask Nisi first. And um, when I asked you and you said, yeah, I was so excited. I was like a little kid who, I was like a little boy on the Christmas story when he right. thought he was getting the little, the little um, BB gun for Christmas. Mm-hmm. You couldn't tell me nothing. You couldn't <laughs> tell me nothing. You know, but um, I thank you. I thank you. Absolutely. So, so um, we can start where, wherever you want to start. You know, you want to tell us, you know, your story. Yeah. All right. And then I'll ask questions along the way if you don't mind. Okay, that's fine. Okay, cool. Um, I'll start. Before I got pregnant, um, because it has a little bit of significance, um, I was married for about three years, and I hadn't gotten pregnant. Okay. So I was trying to get pregnant, and I couldn't get pregnant. So I went to some specialists, had a couple things done, IUIs, artificial inseminations. They didn't work. Um, I did that for maybe like two years. Wow. Um, and nothing happened. And um, I just took a break. It was a mental breakdown. Then a month later, I actually got pregnant on my own. Wow. So that was, They say when you relax, yes, the stress and the worrying about conceiving is actually a barrier, they say, to actually conceiving. a whole blessing in itself. Okay. But, um, yeah, I was pregnant. Um, had no complications except for, you know, gestational diabetes. I controlled that. No medicine. Just stopped eating those peaches. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, after that, everything was... I just... I enjoyed being pregnant. I hated the way I looked, but I enjoyed being pregnant. Wow. Um, I, I liked to feel the, the kick and, you know, I had such a major connection with my son. Okay. Um, I talked to him every night. My husband thought I was nuts because I was talking, having a whole conversation as if he was responding. Wow. Um, I read to him. I let him listen to gospel, trap music, whatever. I was like, <laughs> tell, me, tell me what you want. This is, this is, this is what we do doing this tonight. This is what we do. Um, I had my baby shower, um, baby shower. I was, it was actually, I was eight eight months. I was eight months. So I know it was like July 25th. Okay. Um, so like a month before, not even a couple weeks before I had lost him. But, um, the theme was puppies and black boys, puppies, whatever. Okay. But, um, I went to the doctor on August 5th, 2009, um, that was my 38th week pregnancy. Wow. Um, 38th week. And normal normal checkup, just go there, ready to go. I already packed. I asked, I asked um, my husband at the time, do you want to come with me? Because he never comes with me. Okay. And I'm like, oh, he might say it's time. He's like, all right, I'll come with you. Of, of every doctor's appointment, he probably went three times. But this one, he wanted to come. Okay. So I said, okay. So we go to the doctor and did a little ultrasound, and I could see the look on the doctor's face change. Wow. And he says, no, no, no. I said, what do you mean, no, no, no? He said, oh, shit. Oh, shit. I hear nothing. And I'm looking at Melvin, he's looking at me like, what do you mean? Because you told me that, you know, I was, I was having breast and hips contractions for a while and that they stopped. But he says, because there's no room. There's no room for him to kick anymore. Like, okay. It's so big. So I said, okay. So um, 
fortunately, his doc, his office was right across the street from the hospital. He said, go right over to maternal fetal medicine. And um, they did a whole makeup. And the nurses just looked at me and just said, I'm sorry. I have my heartbeat. Wow. So, and I couldn't go home. So I said, well, what's next? Like, what do I do? They put me in a room. And they put me in room six. Yes, I remember the room. Wow. And doctor said, I'm just going to induce you. You're going to have to have the baby. And I'm like, so I'm just going to sit here. And then everything started closing in. Everything just started going gray. Because um, this is something I prayed for. I, it wasn't an accident. It wasn't an oops. This is something I want. This is your miracle baby. My miracle baby, yes. And I always felt like a little failure because I don't like to fail. You know okay. what I mean? So it was like, oh, I defeat you. Now I got this baby. And now okay. it was taken away from me. So I was in room six. And all night long, all I could hear was women screaming in labor. Oh, my goodness. Women screaming. So I got up, went to the desk. I'm not staying here. Either move me to another room or I'm going home. I can't do this. I can't do it. The the emotional strain it's, of that. Oh my goodness. It was it was a listen, I it's been eleven years and it feels like yesterday. So they did, they moved me all the way to the end, couldn't hear anything, and I just sat there and waited. I had they gave me um what do you call it? The epidural. Uh nothing happened all night at all. Um, the nurse, her name was Shirley, um, didn't know me from Adam. Didn't like everyone kept coming in the family. I didn't want to see anyone. I didn't want to see anyone. But she she climbed herself in that bed and stayed with me all night. Get out of here. All night long. I sent I sent my husband home. I, I don't want you here. Like it's I, he sat outside. But I just I just couldn't grasp the fact. And it was always you walk in, they looking at. I'm the one that's losing my baby, but me, I always want to fix everyone. Okay. So you come in my thing, and now I'm consoling you. You're trying you. to keep them comfortable yes, and, and so. make, try to make it less uncomfortable for them when right. you're the person that's really exactly. experiencing the pain. Exactly. So, you know, that was that was the experience that I had. Um, I actually gave birth to him the next day, August 6th. Wow. So um, I went home that same day because, you know, they make you stay in the hospital. I said, I'm not staying here. And they hand you this little purple box. The purple box is called, they call it the fallen leaf box. Um, they give you a lot of literature in there and things like that. And um, the purple leaf, is, the fallen leaf is basically, you know, the leaf that fell off from the tree too soon. Okay. So that's what it is. And um, that's it. Um, probably like a month or two. Um, it set me into a severe state of depression. I can only imagine. Um, I can only imagine. It's severe. I was on um, anxiety medication. Couldn't go back to work. Couldn't see family. Um, I stayed in my room. And as I just told you, my baby shower was a couple of weeks prior to losing my son. So you got all this baby stuff all over, everywhere. All over. Everywhere. And it took over. We actually had four truckloads to bring it from the... <laughs> wow. <laughs> So I couldn't go downstairs. Okay. I couldn't go downstairs and see those things. Yeah. Um, but let me reverse back because I want to go back to what Chrissy Teigen said. Um, leaving that hospital. 
because some lady, you know, she was leaving. She had her little baby in her arms. And it was something that um, that struck me. And I, when I read that article, I said, I said the same thing. I said, I wasn't supposed to leave here in empty arms. I was not supposed to I'm leave I'm really going to try not to cry, Nacy. Yeah, I'm really going to try. <laughs> I'm not, I don't even have no promises for you right now. Yeah. But, um, oh. so, um, what my grandmother did, I, one of the, one of the, um, gifts were a Build-A-Bear. Okay. So, she brought Build-A-Bear. So I wouldn't leave the hospital with empty arms. Wow. So um, with all that, that gave me the idea. I never went through with it. Um, and it's funny because every, every October I always think about what can I do to help people. And I just didn't have the financial resources. And I didn't know what to do, but I did want to start okay. um, a nonprofit for, and it's called Empty Arms. And basically you can, you can buy these weighted um, teddy bears weighted maybe seven pounds wow to to give the feel right of a baby Baby, to to comfort you Mm -hmm. okay so um i kind of reached out to um a couple of people and it didn't work out but maybe when i retire because i've got five years left that'll be my thing to do um but yeah that's that's the only because it's it's a horrible it's such a your arms are empty your heart and your whole soul is empty so it's just like you know um the, what's it called? The Green Mile. Just going down that long. Walk, yeah. It's, it's almost like the walk of shame. Yes. And it, it is because, you know, everyone's looking at you. Everyone's staring at you. It's like, you know, when you see celebrities putting their hood on, trying to trying to hide. Because yeah. that's what I was doing. Um, and I wasn't a social media person, so no one really knew. Okay. You know, so um, I stayed. People kept calling me, where you at? Like, you know, I'm home. Leave me alone. You know, and I did find myself in a state of uh, depression with the an alcohol intake. That was my, that's what I was, nobody knew about that. Okay. No one knew about it. Because I would leave, like, I wouldn't, I would leave the house when everyone was at work. So it looked like I was there all day. And I would just go around the corner and get some stuff and put, stick it in the closet. Um... And essentially, it was that with the anxiety medications, and of course, now I'm on suicide watch. Everyone's thinking, you know, which I can, I'm going to expose myself out there completely. I did. I did take a lot of pills. Um, I don't know how many I took. And I just got in the bed. And I said, because the the pain, I never felt pain like this. And I said, what am I going to do? Like, this is insane. Like, how how can I? It it was a wake-up call after I took him. I said, no, Nisi, you can't do this. Because not only did my son pass on um, August 6th, my maternal grandmother died exactly a week later. Wow. So what what is my mother going to do? Now that she was going to have to bury her baby girl and her mom, yeah. So grand and lost and lost the grandson. So she, so she about to just she's yeah. about to just be that, three generations, right? In a short span of time. Was, and that was, I said, don't be that damn selfish, Nisi. Don't be that selfish. 
Although the pain, I wanted the pain to go away. Absolutely. I wanted the pain to go away. So, you know, I'm just throwing up, throwing up, throwing up, trying to get all this stuff out. And I called my mother. And I told her what I did. Of course, we didn't, she didn't live in the same area. So she, you know, she got there literally like five minutes. I said, I'm, I'm okay. I'm just telling you what I did. And I'm just telling you that I'm sorry that I was that selfish. But I wanted the pain to go away. So, um. How was this on your marriage? Um. Them, it was. I didn't understand. I didn't understand how. Because men cope different. Yes. Men cope different. Like you just wanted to go to work. You you wanted to go to work. Like when are you gonna cry? When when are you gonna comfort me? And it wasn't that he didn't want to comfort me. He didn't know how. To okay. Comfort me. Isn't because, that? Let's stop there. Mm-hmm. And I I think that that is something that is very monumental, and it's something that I teach clients all the time Mm -hmm. the difference between somebody I always use the analogy $10 there's a difference between me asking you for $10 and you having $10 and telling me you're not going to share it with me as opposed to me asking you for $10 and you don't have $10 the feeling is always different Mm -hmm. and I can appreciate that you understand that what you needed from him it wasn't that he was being selfish and trying not to give it to you he did not have it. And I think sometimes in marriages and unions, we have these, we expect ourselves mm-hmm. out of our mates mm-hmm. and we don't deal with the person yes. that's in front of us. Yes. And mm-hmm. then we're extremely disappointed mm-hmm. and we're resentful. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're actually punishing them for not having a skill that they've never had. Yeah, yes. You know, it's exactly. just kind of an unfair measurement. So mm-hmm. I, I find that very interesting that you that you are acknowledging that mm-hmm. what you needed at that moment, it wasn't that he was just trying to deprive you of it. Right. He didn't have it. Right. And I think that's kind of where compassion comes in. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, because men, what I just learned about men, they grieve differently. They communicate mm-hmm. differently. They have different needs. Their focus are very different than ours. Yes. 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 Yeah. I like I said, I knew he was grieving too, but like you said, he grieved differently. He just wanted to go to work. You know, he would come in the house. Are you okay? Just leave me alone. And then I get mad because he's leaving me alone. Wow. You know, I'm like, I just want you here. So he's just failing a test. He ain't know he was taken. Right. Exactly. Okay. So, um, just with all that, I decided to. not I. It was a mutual family thing that I need to go get help. Um, I went to see a psychiatrist okay. and a psychologist. I okay. saw two. Okay, one for medication and mm-hmm. one just for the mental health piece. Yes, the yes. talking. Yes. So um, with that, um, I didn't see the psychiatrist too long. Um, I wasn't comfortable with um, with him at all, um, but I didn't give up, so I stayed with the psychologist. Okay. Um, and eventually I was able to wean off the medication, but I was diagnosed with PTSD. Okay. Um, uh, I, and you know, when you have PTSD, just like you see in people in the war, they have, yeah. you know, they have triggers. Yeah. I still have triggers okay. to this day. Okay. Um, but I control it, you know, because I, I have so many people that look up to me. So I have to make sure I'm right. And I don't want, and like I said, I'm, I'm very transparent in all the pain and the feels that I went through. 
Um, and I decided to go to, started to go to meetings. I went to this place in this box called Compassionate Friends. We won't talk about that location, but that's not for us. Okay. Um, when I say us, it's not for women who have lost an infant child or a baby in utero. It's not for that. Um, so I went back to Atlanta Care. Hold on, I don't want because you know something, and you know we we already pre-game, so mm-hmm. we we talked we, mm-hmm. we've talked extensively about um, your experience. Um, I really want you just to talk about the one time that you mustered up the courage to go, and okay. and I know I know, yeah. but it's such it, it's a it's a hard thing to to talk about, Nisi, okay. but. Um, there is such power yes. in that story. Yeah. And it was in that part of you telling me, we were, we were like pre-interviewing mm-hmm. to figure out if it was a good fit for what I wanted to do. Okay. That I saw your strength. <laughs> I did. Yeah. And it was in that moment that I was like, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> you know, and I'm just, I'm just like a little kid yeah. on Christmas yeah. listening to you. Mm. You know, um, I, I think it's a worthy story because people, really need to get a firm understanding about not just that particular thing, that particular agency or that particular group. Right. But one of the things I find, especially in African Americans and minorities when it comes to mental health services, a lot of times if we don't get it right the first time, we ain't going back. We don't go back. We ain't going back. We don't want to be bothered. Mm-hmm. We say fuck the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And we go back to, to, to being in pain silently. Yes. And you did something mm-hmm. in this particular situation that set my soul on fire. <laughs> Yo, I was, I was like, oh my God, I just love her. Yeah. So, you know, I'm just, you know, I'll be, I'm, I'm so, okay. you know, no, but let's fine. talk about that. How you, how you, let's start from you looking at this card and just deciding that you're going to go to this particular group and right. we're not going to mention them again. Okay. You know, we're going to just leave it, but let's talk about what your experience so was. So the group was for, um, people who have lost children, children. Okay. Um, we are all in this circle. You had to give a brief introduction of yourself, and I was told to sit here in a, in a corner. You're not in a corner, but in the one corner of the, the, the square. Okay. Um, everyone goes around telling their stories. I mean, there's old people there, like, you know, this one lady I never forgot. She was like 80 something years old. She lost her son to drugs. You know, so she's talking about that. And he was like 50 years old. One okay. lady lost her son to in the military, you know, this all types of stuff. Like some people lost like 12 year olds to, um, what's it called? Uh, what's the baby? Whatever. Sudden infant. Like, no, not that. Said, was, I said 12. No, it's no, too, it was, too old. Um, some type of cancer. Okay. Um, like leukemia. Or leukemia. Something? Gotcha. That's what it was with leukemia. So, you know, fast forward when they got to me and I said, you know, I introduced myself and, um, I said I was 38 weeks pregnant when I lost my son. And, um, the facilitator says, "Okay, time is up. It's um, we'll we'll get come back next week and we'll start with you." So I sat here for a whole hour listening to everyone's story, and when it got to me, she basically told me that my son's death was not important. We need to wait until yeah another time. It wasn't important. Like you, I wanted to. Get, I was finally able to say, "Okay, I'm ready to talk." Okay, and then you told me that my son was not important because that's basically the way I felt. That's what you heard when you said yeah. Let next week. Yeah, yeah. No. Mm-mm. So, um, in a state of shock, I was just so upset. I was full of rage. Um, 
and I actually had to get a ride home because I couldn't drive my vehicle. Couldn't wow. couldn't drive. I was just the, the tears too distraught. Just I couldn't. I I couldn't either. I was gonna hurt myself or hurt someone. Just driving full of rage and gotcha. just I couldn't do it. But um, the very next day, I went to Atlantic Care. The people who put that information in that box on on your purple box in my purple box, and I said I need to talk to Shirley. And she said, oh, she, no, I need to talk to this social worker right now. I said, it took me a couple of months to go here, and you sending me to this shit here. This is not for us. And take it out the book. Take it out. I said, you're going to send us back to the loony bin. I said, wow. because I mustered up enough energy to finally go and accept that Nisi needed help, Nisi needed release. And then you tell me Nisi's not that important. Donnell was not that important take it out the fucking box so every day she kept calling me are you okay no I'm not fucking okay you know so she says I talked to my director and um, I think it's a great idea you know that you know that you gave it to us we're going to have a support group for this floor the maternal floor for okay. sudden loss of a in utero you know infant and baby loss okay so literally within a month the pregnancy and infant law support group was facilitated. Wow. When I tell you, <laughs> so, and it's like, I guess I don't have the same level of enthusiasm right, right, as right. I heard when I first heard it. Like, I mm-hmm. almost when I talked to you, they're like, no, 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 don't yeah. tell me too much. Right. But when I tell you, listen, well-behaved women never fucking make history. No, no. Well-behaved women no. do not make history. Mm-mm. And it took, you know, and, 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 I, and I said, look, and I don't, because death is just weird. It's a weird thing, mm-hmm. Nisi. And I always am mindful about the goofy shit that people say when they've lost somebody. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's just hard. I don't want to do the goofy, I'm sorry for your loss, my condolences. Or, don't worry, honey, you'll get pregnant again. You'll get pregnant Bitch. (sighs) Woo-cha. Woo-cha. You talking about somebody snapped when someone said that to me? Listen, I I completely understand it. So, like, death is really weird. Mm -hmm. But when I tell you, I shout it. Mm-hmm. To God, after we got off the phone the other day, mm-hmm. that you took that moment and you used it yes. to create healing for so many other people. And I'm sorry that it took for you to hurt a little bit more mm-hmm. to get that. Yes. But when I tell you, it just reminded me of why I've always admired you. When we reconnected and um, you told me that you were a cop, <laughs> I was just like, yeah, that's about right. That's about right. That's about right. Because <laughs> I just remember, I just remember you were just a person who, and it just brings tears to me, Nisi. I know. It brings tears to me. Whew. Gotta get myself together. We ain't got nothing. You just sleep, girl. You just sleep. Okay. It just reminds me that every memory I have of you was of you defending the honor of another person. Yeah. That's just me. And um, it was just who you are. And like, yo, I dug that you wasn't a mean ass girl. Right. I hate mean girls. Right. 
You weren't a mean girl. Mm -hmm. And you weren't a girl that stood by and let your friends be mean girls. Right. And even Mm -hmm. though we weren't friends, you had something that I didn't give to most. You had my respect. Mm -hmm. You had my respect. Girl, I love you. Oh, God. I love you. Ooh, Jesus. Mm. So when you was like you were a cop, I was like, yes, God. Mm-hmm. Did you have used the best parts of this girl? Yeah. Mm-hmm. To to make a difference in the lives of not just the people in her life, but her entire community. And I'll tell you, I'm just so grateful to know you so grateful so we're gonna take a break yes or we're gonna come right back uh, hey everybody we are back yes. <laughs> oh my gosh we are back i'm sitting here with my good friend niecy parks and then we're talking about um pregnancy and infant loss awareness month and um rainbow babies and it's been a great conversation um lots of laughing lots of tears um just a good time. Oh my God, Nisha, I'm so appreciative. Yes, yes. We always say we're going to get together and we just this don't is, get together. So this, this has been a great, great, great it's experience. So on, on to healing past mm. this, this pregnancy and, 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 and speaking up and advocating for there to be a group yes. specifically for what your situation yes. called for. Walk me through life after that leading up to your rainbow baby okay that's okay fine. um well the meetings are usually just once a month okay and that meetings those meetings were so important to all of us and important to me because now we have a group of sisters that never thought we would have a bond but we have a bond okay we are sisters of angel babies okay we call each other and it's not always about you go to the meeting to get what's off your chest I don't go to the meetings anymore. But when I was going there, okay, I'm very transparent, as you can see. So I talk and I told them about my rage, and they're all looking at me, and they're all because they, they don't want to, you know, really divulge and tell their real feelings. So it's hard. They would look at me and it's like, yeah, me too, you know, <laughs> me too. And you know, but I know when I go to those meetings, I am not helping myself. I'm helping, helping someone else. And I took that. When I realized that, I ran with it. I was going to meetings. I was calling, getting their personal phone call, phone numbers. Calling, hey, you all right, boo? We go, let's go have lunch. I didn't know these people from Adam. Okay. And so it was. But these ties bonded ties, you all and, yes. kept, and kept you all together. So, um, and even with me getting back to some sort of normalcy. Okay. Um, people were reaching out to me. People from work. Oh, you think you can call my wife? You know, uh, she just lost she the just baby. Lost the baby. No problem. Okay. And then I would talk to them. Okay. You can't fix her right now. Okay. This is what you should do. This is what you shouldn't do. And there's no right or wrong way. Okay. But and that was that was almost like my. It was a reason why I lost my son. Right. Because I I know I've helped so many different people. So can I tell you what the funny thing was when we reconnected? Mm-hmm. So um we had reconnected and we became friends on Facebook. Yes. And um. I was just so excited to to reconnect with you again. And this is a picture <laughs> of you and I 
at um, our 10th high school reunion, yeah. Yeah. I was pregnant with Phoenix at the time. Mm-hmm. And I just remember, because I was like, wow, I was really glowing in this picture. Yes, you were. You know, but um, just looking at your page, and I would... And I just saw you with um, your daughter. Mm-hmm. And there was something different about how you talked about her versus how I talked about my children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know, okay. I know. I don't know why you should. It's okay, people. Just embrace it. Yes. But there was something in how you talked about your daughter mm-hmm. that I found to be very endearing mm-hmm. um i found it to be very like i don't even know the right word for but it was this intensity mm-hmm. and deep gratitude and how you just re- you revered every fucking thing about this kid she, she brings life to me and um can i be honest mm-hmm. it made me feel bad <laughs> it did it made me feel bad i was like damn my kids like you this. Do love your kids. You <laughs> I do. I love them different. Right. I mean, it took me some time to process because right. with me, um, I don't process fast. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a well thought out person. Um, when I finally come to a conclusion about something, I have to kind of sit on it for a little bit okay. and mull over it and be sure this is where I am. Yes. And yes. really just kind of pick it apart and put it back together and pick it apart and put it back together. So I was just like, oh my gosh, she really fucking loves her kid. Like she's, but you were, you were in love with her mm-hmm. and it was just like, this baby just was, it was, she was oxygen to you. And, yes. and I don't, and it's weird because, That's what I, call them. because yes. I could feel, I could feel that mm-hmm. in reading your posts online. And I was just like, oh my God, am I a bad mother? I don't fucking like my kids. These little motherfuckers get on my nerves. They eat up all my food, you know? So, so, so as I just started to, to watch your post, mm-hmm. I don't know. It made me admire you more. No, thank you. And I was just like, wow, like she's really grateful for her baby. Mm-hmm. And it made me check how I take for granted. And not that I don't love my church. I love my children. When I say this is a house mm-hmm. full of laughter, yes, it is. this is a house full of laughter like yo, we 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 joke with each other, mm-hmm. we laugh, we argue, we yell, we hug, we kiss, you know, we we have ritualistic things that just make us who we are. But the watching how you loved your daughter made me realize that I take for granted mm-hmm. that my children are here. Yes. Because I have two children and I've only been pregnant twice. Mm, you are blessed. Yes. I am. And watching you and listening to you, and I, it's funny because I never understood your love for your daughter until mm-hmm. like this one year, you talked about this rainbow baby. That's my rainbow baby. And um, even now funny. looking at you, Ooh. even looking at you now, you just, it was funny when you said rainbow baby, there was a wash mm-hmm. of like this, the, the spirit and glory of God that just overtook you just in that second, just looking at you. Mm. And um, I didn't understand it. And reading your post about your rainbow baby and you just celebrating her life. And, and one year, I think you, you talked about how she saved your life. She did. How she saved your life. Yeah. And I read it. And uh, I didn't cry, but my eyes welled up like they are mm. now. 
but it just confirmed Nisi what I loved about you. Right. It confirmed what I loved mm-hmm. about you. That spirit in you. Yeah. That life in you. Um, and that you just got to celebrate that through her. And um, I have had so much trauma in my life. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's hard for me to be soft and gentle with my children. Because I yeah. am a warrior mm-hmm. and I am accustomed to surviving life. And not living. Living, yes, yes. yes. But um, mm. watching you, how you love her. I remember, I'm going to tell you what, what my favorite thing was. You had her in the fucking car. And you was taking her to the airport oh. to go to Disney. <laughs> how about, Nisi? I felt like I was going to Disney. <laughs> I was so excited. I was like, oh my God, we're going to Disney. She's taking us to the airport. I'm so so yeah. excited because yeah. you really just in everything you do, you think of her. Everything. In everything you do, you consider her. Mm-hmm. In every moment of sadness for you, you remind yourself that you have her. Hundred percent. And um, mm, baby, and Listen. and it shows, and it just made me. It made me love you twice as much. And I remember calling my girlfriend in Atlanta, Sawanda. She's one of my very best friends. Actually, her and I are so close. She has graduated past friendship status. Okay. She's my sister. Yes, that's her right. siblings are my siblings. That's it. Her mother is my mother. Yes. You know. Yes. You know, we 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 all are like a family. Mm-hmm. And um, it's funny. I talked to her today, and I was telling her about you and how excited I was that you were coming and asking her to come on. To share her experience. Okay. You know, with her rainbow baby. Her rainbow baby's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, she said to me, I never knew there was such a thing as a rainbow baby until you introduced it to me. So I want to say, Nisi, thank you. Absolutely. For teaching me something to teach my friend to remind her that her son is her ray of sunshine. After, after a storm. After that storm. And I never forget it. I just remember her and I, and not to even get too much into, hopefully her and I will, she's a part of part two of this. She okay. will be my part two interview. All right. But just, she was just like, you know, I never understood the rainbow baby. And she said to me, maybe I think my Phoenix might've been my oldest daughter was a few years old. Mm-hmm. And she had, you know, she had her rainbow baby. And for the first time, she said to me, she said, Takessa, you know, I can say this to you now, that I had a very hard time being happy for you. Oh, babe. When you were were pregnant. And she was like, I love you. Mm. I love you. And I love my niece. She was like, but she had just lost the baby. And I got pregnant shortly after. And um, she said to me, I had a very hard time being happy for you and I don't want you to be mad at me I don't want you to think that I don't love my niece and I'm like no 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 mm-hmm. I know you love her yes and I know you love me and I understand you know now I understand mm-hmm. I remember her telling me about 
losing the babe about the ectopic pregnancy. Okay. How much pain she was in and mm. losing one of her fallopian tubes. Okay. Um and it was just like Oh, sorry, friend. Oh, man. And it wasn't that I didn't want to understand. I really didn't, just didn't. didn't. I didn't have the $10 that right. I spoke of before. Right, exactly. Yes. Because I didn't, I didn't know what that felt like. And, and, and as an older woman now, I finally realized that there are certain things, not every woman, but a lot of women we measure ourselves by. Oh, Yes. One of those things is the ability to have somebody ask to marry us. Another thing is is being able to get education or to have a career where we are self-sufficient and take care of ourselves. And another thing is the ability to have babies. That's right. To have viable, living babies. And at that time, I didn't understand that. And that's where I felt as a failure. And when we can't do... But it's funny. I'm like, this is another podcast mm-hmm. but and I'm not going to compare my loss to your loss because it doesn't compare to, it doesn't compare but I felt that failure when I lost the marriage I am the product of an affair mm-hmm. I am the product of an affair yes I am a oops baby mm-hmm. so for me I was so afraid to be somebody's baby mama I didn't want to have a baby that didn't we all didn't have the same last name yes so even though the relationship was toxic abusive next podcast listen next podcast <laughs> next podcast <laughs> Woo! i was here too I'll, we, I'll have you back we, oh um, honey, even listen. though it was dysfunctional <sighs> it was abusive it was counterproductive i was extremely unhappy mm-hmm I did not want to have a second generation of fatherless girls. Yes. So, like, I can't compare that to, I can't compare that to what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Because nothing compares to having a life move inside you and not being able to see it through. You know, yeah. but the failing piece. Right. I held on to a marriage that was failing because I was so afraid of feeling a second round of rejection. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just a freakish thing. Just a freakish thing. The things that we measure ourselves by. Yep. And um, I tell you, Nisi, um, this is just... I really, really just admire where you are. Tell me about your rainbow baby. Tell me, just give me a briefing about like when you found out you were having her. Did you have the fears that she wouldn't make it? Were you anxious during the pregnancy? Oh, well, after I lost my son, I had two more losses. Good. Oh my God. Are you, how about I didn't know that? Yeah, I had three losses within nine month period. Sheesh. So three years later, I got pregnant. Wow. After in vitro. I did in vitro. Um popping all these eggs in. None of them took $1,000 down the drain. And I just, all right, whatever. I'm gaining all this weight from all these hormones. I'm just going to go to the fat doctor and get some weight off. And I called my sister. It's like a month into me going to the doctor. I said, I'm not going to take these pills anymore. I'm not going to take these shots. I said, it's messing up my cycle. I haven't gotten my period. Okay. And she was like, bitch, they do not mess up your reproduction. You are pregnant. 
I said, ain't no way. I can't get pregnant. I can't. Wow. We went to the store and bought about six boxes. <laughs> Don't you like when you got to get six to confirm because yeah. the first one might be wrong? Right, yeah. So I was in complete awe because I prayed. I prayed and prayed. But I tell you what, the second I got pregnant, well, not second, the second I found out I was pregnant, it sent me to another state of depression because I was so afraid that God had said, you are just going to be a stepmom. Wow. You're not going to be a mom. Just take it. I said, just deal you, with it. Because you took me that far. You took me to 38 weeks to tell me, ah, you're not ready. Not yet. So I was afraid. So the entire pregnancy, I was in therapy. Wow. Let me see. pregnancy. I never took pictures. There's no pictures of maybe maybe two sneak sneak pictures, but I never took pictures being pregnant. Um, I didn't want anyone to see me. I, I stayed in the house. Were you um, just afraid that you didn't want people to see you pregnant? I, I so was, I was afraid to disappoint people. Wow. When, when I was going to lose, because it was not if I lose this baby. It, it was, was when. When. Jesus. And um, so I just stayed out the way. I stayed out the way and I did everything I was told. I, w- I was considered high risk at that time because of all the losses I had. I went to went to the doctors three three times a week. Wow. A regular doctor and I went to a perinatologist up the road. Okay. And I got on Dr. Sung's nerves so bad that he gave me his own Doppler to listen to my baby. Wow. Leave me alone. You keep coming here. My my file. <laughs> he said, listen here. This baby okay. My file never got put back. My file stayed on the desk because they knew I was coming in. I just felt like I needed to be there. I And he, he loved me so much that wow. I never needed an appointment. I just walked in. I just needed to hit a baby. I just, I was depressed. Wow. I was afraid and I was, you know, I didn't have cravings as like I had before. So I was like, something's wrong. Something wrong. Oh, gosh. something wrong. So, and you know, I just heavily, heavily, heavily prayed and prayed and prayed. This, you know, so it is so weird. And I was still going to support groups. I was still going. Wow, how was that for you? It was weird. You <laughs> say it was weird. <laughs> it was weird only because. Oh wow, Lisa. I'm not only mourning my son and my other losses. Were you afraid to love the new baby? I didn't want to. I, I didn't. The way I was so euphoric with my first pregnancy, you know, feeling the baby talk. I didn't talk to her. I didn't. I prayed, but I didn't have conversations okay. with her. I didn't. I wasn't excited to have a kick. I didn't. I didn't want to do anything. I was just afraid. I didn't have a baby shower. I didn't have anything. Are you kidding me? I had nothing. Wow. I didn't want it. I was. Just to disappoint it. Just, you wanted to be disappointed in, right. in, in private. Yes. Just not to have it yeah, broadcast. Exactly. You have this big audience. You know how they say, you know, keep your relationship um, private, not on social media. Because mm-hmm. when you hurt your feelings, there ain't nobody got to know. Right. So that's what it was. It was like, wow. that's where I was at. Um, and it's so weird that I was calling the doctor. Every, every week got closer. Can you just take the baby? Now, baby survived for 36 weeks. Can you just take the baby? Because you just, you're, you're worried that the, baby, the longer the baby stays in there, right. there's a possibility that the baby's not going to survive yes, it. because my son was fine at 37 weeks. I wow. went to the doctor at 37 weeks. So, no state law. I can take the baby at 39 weeks. So, I'm like, okay, I scheduled an appointment. It was supposed to be, um, what was my due date? 922. 
was the way he was supposed to induce me. Okay. Um, and I wound up having the baby early. It was nine seventeen. Okay. And I called the doctor. I'm like, um, she's coming. Oh no, she's not. Sit down. You're not. No, just you just come in tomorrow. I'll induce you tomorrow. It was thirty. You know. I'm like, she's coming. Called the doctor. I said, I'm going to the hospital. He said, just call me when you get there. Whatever. Because you got on his last nurse. I did. The whole I, pregnancy. I, yeah, because I said, if you don't, listen, I'm, I'm the police. I know where you live. I will come to your house. <laughs> Baby, listen. And he used to say all the time, don't come to my house. I said, come on, take the baby. So she she was ready. Malia was ready because I got to that hospital at 6.30. I gave birth at 7.12. Oh, wow. 7.12. So, when I had her, I pushed her out. I pushed through up, pushed through up. No. And he's, Dr. Sun came and he says, um, you wanted this baby, right? He said, feel all that. You're not getting no medicine. <laughs> feel all that. All that. So, I got no medicine. Oh, no. Nothing. You done got his last nurse. Uh-huh. He said, you're he not getting no back. pain medicine. He paid me back. You're not getting no medicine today. Mm-hmm. Push this baby out and go about your business. Listen, I pushed her out. Like six pushes, not even long. And when she came out, I heard silence again. Oh no. And I started going off. Mom, she's not crying. She's not crying. And she just laughed. She goes, because she came out smiling. Wow. Listen. And I was like, I have a baby. And she she's breathing. Yeah, she's breathing. Wow. She's she never she didn't cry. No, she just came out okay. She was like and she she had like this side eye and she kept looking. My mom said, She's looking at her brother, said, I got you. I got this. Wow. And it just that's it. That's that's who I prayed for. And it's when I did a room, um, I put a quote on the wall, first Samuel, um, one twenty seven for this child I prayed God has granted all desires of my heart. Wow. And that's the Bible verse I always stuck with. You know, because wow. I prayed this and 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 it's and it was I looked at her and it, even after having her, I was still in therapy. Wow. Because I said, All right, what you doing? What you doing, God? What Just wait for the other shoe to drop. What you doing? You know, so now I can see, I can smell it, I can, you know, hold yeah. it. And I lost a tremendous amount of sleep. Most most new moms, you know, are tired because the baby's up all night. Right. That little girl slept all night. And she you slept just all night. and you just wide awake because you're afraid she because you just wait just waiting and just looked at it. And she was I don't know, she's always been a precocious kid. She rolled over like the first week, like and the doctor like don't put her. On. She rolled over in the hospital. And I said, I didn't do that. I didn't put it. You know, they always say, put the baby on the back, man. Right. She is stomach sleep, but that's what she do. And, um, but yeah, I was in, I was, hell, Malia might have been a little over one when I stopped going to the therapist consistently. Okay. Because it was just like, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. And I never forget, um. She was walking, so um, she she might have been like one, maybe 13, 14 months, and we're at my mom's house, and the family was there for whatever reason, okay. and Malia's just sitting there, and all of a sudden, she stops. 
And I'm looking at her like, holy fuck. I grabbed her. I didn't like the way she looked. Okay. So I'm pounding on the back, pounding on the back, pounding wow. on the back. She throws up. She throws up a penny. Oh, wow. I just knew something was different. Yeah. And she started crying. And I'm like, you all right? I said, here, mom, take her. And my sister's like, oh, my God, Missy, that was, that, you just went like straight mommy cop mode, this, that, and the other. So I said, give me a minute. I went in that bathroom and cried my eyes out. Wow, Nisi. After the fact. Because I said, this was the day that God was going to take my fucking baby. Wow. That was the day. And I said, nope. And I don't know what made me look at her because she was just sitting there. And she just looked like a blank stare. Yeah, you just could tell that and something was something off with her energy. Wrong. And I was like, back to therapy, I went. <laughs> you know, yeah, oh yeah. Back to therapy, I went. And they kept saying, you you are her mother. I am her biggest protector. Absolutely. And I always felt like I felt I didn't reckon out. I blame myself, you know, in the stages of grief. You know, I was angry. I was angry at God, angry at everybody, angry at every fucking pregnant woman I saw. Wow. You know, every angry at every dirty little kid I saw because that mother. How could you have that. a dirty kid? Because when I'm sitting here and I would have been a great mother yes. and, and my baby didn't make it. Yeah. Got it. So Got it. I was I, I I suffered. I suffered through that. I suffered through all of that. And it's let me tell you this quick story. That's cuteness. Um, um go, so what I did was um I was back at work and I was on a call and a girl was um angry with her mother and she was you know and I said, You're acting a whole mess. You're acting you're acting not right with in front of your child and what she said to me was, I don't give a fuck about that child. What? I ain't even want him. Oh, my God. My partner looked at me because I don't even know how I did it. But I had that girl by her neck in the corner, feet off the ground. I said, there's bitches like you that don't deserve kids. There's people like you that don't deserve kids. Um... And I, I, it sent me into a whole nother gray space. Cause like I said, I didn't even know where I was when I did that. My partner told me, yo, Nisi, you did this. So just, I remember her grabbing me by my shoulder and saying, put her down, put her down. Um, so, and that's why I said, it's back to that. That's, that's, is that's the trigger. Yeah. Little things that trigger. Yeah. And I, I just, God, I just, mm. but anyway, that from the, from the, for the three years, three years, I tried to get pregnant. I got pregnant. Oh, nine, three years again. I got, I lost those babies. Oh, three years later I had. So for the, that entire three years, I was in a super, super dark, dark space i wasn't myself yeah i wasn't myself and i was in my own personal storm I wow my own that's a storm. that's a great way to um conceptualize that yeah i was in a dark place but i was in my own dark storm mm-hmm. it wasn't anything that anybody created for you yeah it really it was your reality mm-hmm. but it was self-created yes it was self-created yeah let's fast forward a little bit because we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up in a few um, first, let me say I just appreciate you so much. Yes. I appreciate your honesty. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I appreciate the mother in you. Um, there are things about you that that make me aspire. Mm-hmm. It, it, I don't know if it makes me aspire more so than it makes me more conscious that yes. there are other pieces of me that I can give to my children. Yes. Um, I can say honestly that just from talking to you the other day, there are some things that my oldest kid needs from me that she, like just while she's doing her work, rubbing her feet. Yes. Um, giving her more physical touch. Um, I am a disciplinarian. Um, I'm a single mom, so I have to have masculine and feminine energy, energy yes. a lot. Yes. I find that I had just the masculine energy in me just dominates, but that the feminine energy in me is what heals them. Yes. It's what makes them. Yes. yes. So I have been a lot softer this Mm -hmm. week because of talking to you. Mm. I have been more maternal this week. Yes. Because of talking to you. Um, I have become more emotionally available to my children because Mm. of my talk with you. Um, We're going to close out. Helping everybody. Yeah, you are. We're going to close out, but I just want you just to tell me, the things that you love about Malia and, and, and what it does for you. Because you crack me up because you call her your little broke bestie. Yeah, I crack up. They are. They always asking for some shit though, right? Yeah, yeah. That's they, like you, know, you got that one friend. Oh, let's go do this. You and don't have nobody. And don't have it. nobody. Baby, listen. No. Yes, but my rainbow baby, like, you know, she... she First, wait, wait. I'm sorry. Explain to the people what a rainbow, rainbow baby is and then tell me... Okay. How your rainbow baby has changed your life? Well, you know, like I said, I had that that dark storm. So after every storm, which is your your, your loss, comes when you have a birth. That's every, after every storm, there's a rainbow. So therefore, the next baby after loss is your rainbow baby. Right. So she is my rainbow baby, and she has she has renewed me. She's brought my life back. She's brought meaning back. She's brought um, my empathy back. Um, for everyone. Wow. Because um, I, I didn't have it. I, I had nothing. I felt myself being real cold. Okay. Um, again, it's, but her smile, her smile just drives me wild. Um, like I said, she came in this world smiling, never cried. She never cried as a baby. Wow. Um, I used to say, she doesn't cry. Like, what do I have to do? You know? <laughs> but um, she just, she, she's my partner. And I said, I tell her, you know, you're my best friend. You can't be my best friend. You're my mom. I said, but best friends tell everything to each other. And I said, I don't keep anything from you. I don't want you to keep anything from me. Okay. And when you need to feel safe, you can always come to mommy. Amen. So that's that's it. It's I guess people think I talk to her a little um to adult like. I okay. never did baby talk. Neither with did her. I. How about neither did I? I don't do the baby and talk. Neither did I. And my children, it's funny, their vocabulary is spectacular. Yes, yes. Their emotional intelligence is spectacular. Yes, so. Um because I never did that either. Yeah. So it's like I said, she's she just she just brings me so, so much joy. And in like every Mother's Day, I give her a gift. Nice. Because without her, I wouldn't be a mother. Amen. And Shoot, I might have to give my kids some shit. I, I feel do. bad. I my do. kids, I get one. I give them one request every Mother's Day. Really? Yeah, one request every Mother's Day. Don't argue and don't ask me don't, for shit. I'm going to <laughs> Let me lay in my drawers and watch Netflix. That's fine. Let me lay out and watch TV without y'all fighting and beating <laughs> each other up. Because they be in here like we on WWE and shit. Like, That's can y'all sit y'all funny looking asses down right now? I'm dying. Fucking stop. Go lay down. Lay down. But um, 
I really, really appreciate you just coming <laughs> and talking to me today. Yes. Um, I'm hoping that this conversation um, offers some healing, mm-hmm. some hope, some restoration, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and I definitely want to have you back because there are many other things I that have, we can talk I about. I lots to say. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to thank everybody for listening. This is um, Terkessa Lee with Couture Soul Talk. And um, I look forward to hearing you guys' feedback. Um, please like, follow, share, subscribe. Yes. Do all that good shit if you've been blessed in any way by um, this podcast. Um, peace. God bless, and let's just continue to work on being the best version of ourselves. Good night.